few minutes uh, thinking about that passage that we've just heard read. It would be really helpful uh, to me if you have a Bible with you to keep it open uh, at, that, at that reading, which was on page 1027 of the Red Bibles. Let me pray as we start. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a speaking God. Thank you that you speak to us through your word. We pray that as we come to look at it now, uh, you would help us to understand it uh, more and respond rightly to it. Amen. Well, uh, I have a bit of a confession to make to you uh, from the get-go this evening, right from the beginning, uh, which is that I am a convert. What am I, what am I a convert to, uh, you might ask? Well, the awful truth of it is that I am a convert to winter Christmas. Uh, tomorrow will be my 10th Christmas since moving to the UK, and when I moved here from Australia, frankly, I thought that Christmas in winter was pretty weird. I was used to Christmas in t-shirts and shorts with cold salads and seafoods and uncomfortably warm temperatures. Christmas in winter just seemed, frankly, a little bit odd. Ten Christmases later, though, I'm a complete convert to winter Christmas. I'm a winter Christmas uh, devotee. I now love getting rugged up uh, in, in warm clothes to go out to carol services and turning Christmas lights on when it gets dark, which, let's face it, is at about 2.30 in the afternoon. It's just ridiculous. I've been completely converted to the extent that now when I go to Australia for Christmas, I feel a little bit shortchanged, like I'm not getting a proper Christmas uh, because, it isn't, because, it's, because it's summer, not winter. It, was, it wasn't something that happened quickly. It was something that happened gradually over time. It almost happened without my noticing it. But there are some conver conversions which are, are quicker, and some that are a lot more dramatic than my conversion to winter Christmas was. And I think we hear an example of one of those in our reading this evening. The shepherds went through a kind of conversion, I think. And I want to suggest that there were three stages to that conversion. Uh, they, they heard, they investigated, and they responded. But firstly, they heard. We're going back here just over 2,000 years to the middle of a night, in the middle of a field, outside Bethlehem in Israel, uh, to a group of shepherds. Now, we're told in verse 8 that they were living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks. It wouldn't have been a glamorous life. Sure, it was an, impo it was an important job. The sheep needed to be looked after. But presumably, it would have gone largely unnoticed. They wouldn't have had great social standing. Uh, these shepherds. Anyway, we're out there in the field with them when suddenly up crops an angel with a message for them. It wasn't a subtle uh, message delivery service. This angel didn't just kind of sidle up to them and say, oh, hey guys, by the way, I have a message for you. No, uh, we read in verse 9 uh, what happened. It says that the angel appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's, that's the light of the presence of the Lord shining out. And we can tell how dramatic it was by the shepherd's response to it. It says they were terrified. I imagine that these were pretty robust kind of guys. They were used to living in a field, living out in the elements, uh, fighting off wild animals to protect their sheep. But the appearance of this angel completely terrifies them. But the angel says to them, do not be afraid. I have good news for you. We can see what that good news was as we read on in verse 10. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then, as if the appearance of one angel wasn't enough, 
uh, wasn't terrifying enough uh, for these shepherds. Imagine what they felt when suddenly this angel was joined by a massive host of angels who all were praising God together and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds heard this message. I imagine that they couldn't have missed this message even if they tried to. The good news was that a baby had been born who was a savior. But what kind of savior was he? Who had he come to save? Well, he'd come to save God's people. And we can tell that from the title that the angel gives to this baby. He says, he is Christ the Lord. Christ was the title of the person that God's people had been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they hadn't been waiting without reason because God had been promising him to his people for hundreds and hundreds of years, promising to send a king who would set his people free. His arrival was great news, and the shepherds heard that news. They heard it, but it didn't end there. I suppose that verse 15 could have read this. It could have said, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, that was unexpected, and went back to keeping their flocks. I suppose that it could have said that, but that isn't what actually happened. What actually happened was that the shepherds, having heard this great news, went to investigate the good news. First they heard, and then they investigated. What verse 15 actually says is, when the angels had left them and got into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Then they hurry off, we're told, to Bethlehem, and uh, they find it there, just as the angel has said. They find Mary and Joseph, and they find the baby lying in a manger. I'm not sure what Mary and Joseph uh, made of this bunch of shepherds, uh, fresh from the field, or perhaps not so fresh, as the case may have been, uh, rocking up to check out their newborn baby. We're not told that. But I guess on the shepherds' part, their actions weren't that strange, were they? I think uh, investigating is a natural response to hearing good news. If I uh, hear that a great restaurant has opened out on St. John's Hill, I want to go and go and try it out. I want to investigate. If I hear that, that friends have gotten engaged, I want to do a bit of uh, Facebook stalking to see if I can find out about it. I guess it might just be that I'm a particularly nosy person, but I'm, I don't think that's the case. I think that actually it's pretty normal uh, for us to respond in that way, to want to investigate good news when we hear it. And that was the shepherd's response. They went to investigate what the angels had already told them, and they found out that it was the case. So the shepherds heard, uh, they investigated, and having found out that the good news was true, they responded to it. Uh, this again makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, a little while back, I uh, won some uh, theater tokens uh, because I'd signed up to Theater Tokens monthly email or something like that. And, um, and winning, winning theater tokens is a good news, but the the first thing I did was investigate, because my first reaction was internet fraud. Um, but having investigated, it seemed, it seemed quite legit. But that's all that's happened so far. I've not used them. Now, if I went on not using them, if I heard and I investigated, but never responded, that would render the good news meaningless to me, wouldn't it? The good news needs to be responded to. It's no different with the good news that the angels bring to the shepherds. They don't just hear and investigate, they respond to it as well. And they respond in two different ways. First, they tell others. We can see that in verses 17 to 18. It says, When they had seen him, 
they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. When you've got good news, you want to tell other people about it, don't you? When I uh, won these uh, theater tokens, I told my mum about it because it was good news. It's what the shepherds do as well. They tell everyone, and they have all the more reason to tell everyone about it because it was good news, not just for them, but remember what the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If you have good news for someone, it's good to tell them the good news, isn't it? You might even argue that it's wrong not to tell them. The shepherds had discovered good news for everyone, and they tell everyone about it. Now, telling my mum wasn't the only thing that I did uh, when I won those uh, theatre tokens. I also sent uh, an email off to the good people at London Theatre Tokens to say thanks. Uh, if you get good news in the form of a gift, you want to say thank you to the giver, don't you? And that's the second way that the shepherds respond. Their good news was the news of a gift, the gift of a child who was born to save. And they not only tell other people about it, they also thank the giver. Have a look down uh, with me at verse 20. It says, The shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising him for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. The great giver of this gift is God himself, and the gift is the most precious thing that he had to give. I hope you won't be opening Christmas presents tomorrow and not, giving, and not thanking the person who gave you the gift. It's right to say thank you for gifts, and that's what the shepherds do as they glorify and praise God in response to the gift that he had given them. Now, the great news is that this is uh, good news for us as well. This is not some ancient story that is without any relevance to us. It, it, is, it is true that it is an ancient story, but it's still completely relevant for us today as well. As I said, I now love uh, winter Christmas, the cold and the food and the lights, and there are other things about Christmas that I love as well, which aren't dependent on the weather, uh, carols and presents and things like that. But none of those things strike at the heart of what Christmas is all about. They're how we celebrate it, but it's not what it's really all about. It's really all about this baby, the one that the shepherds heard about, that the angels came to bring them the good news about. His title, Christ, is right there in the name Christmas. He is the good news of Christmas, and he's good news for us as well. When the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, he really meant all the people. It was good news not just for all the people then, but for all the people ever, and for all kinds of people too. The good news was given in the most public way imaginable to a group of shepherds. This wasn't just for, for upper class people, for the rich and socially important, but good news for everyone, and it's good news for everyone still. It's good news for us today, not just because this baby was born, but because of what he was born to do. He was a baby born with a purpose. That purpose was to grow up, uh, declare God's good news himself, and ultimately to die on a Roman cross and three days later be raised back to life. Well might that great host of angels have said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those upon whom his favor rests because that would be the outcome of Jesus' life, the life of the baby that was born that night uh, just over 2,000 years ago. He would glorify God by obeying him and showing us what God is like, and he would bring peace uh, 
to us by dying for us. In his death, he was dying in our place so that we wouldn't need to face the punishment that we deserve for living our own way instead of living God's way, thereby bringing us peace with God. In one of the Old Testament passages where God promises his arrival, he's called the Prince of Peace. I wonder uh, where you stand with regards to him. I wonder where you stand with regards to the Prince of Peace, the one who the angels spoke to the shepherds about. Perhaps you've already heard the good news about him and have investigated it for yourself and are trusting in him. If that's you, then are you responding? Are you telling, the, are you telling others the good news and thanking the giver of this most precious gift? Will he be at the center of your celebrations tomorrow? That may not be you, though. Uh, but if you're here tonight and you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, then you've, you've at the very least heard, like the shepherds did, because um, if no one else before, then I've just told you. And I suggest you take that next step of investigating. You don't have to take my word for it, uh, that the good news is true. But if it is true, then it's the best news that's ever been told. So it's worth finding out if it's true or not. And there are lots of ways that you can do that. I'd suggest that you might start by reading one of the Gospels, one of the New Testament accounts of Jesus' life, whether that be Luke, uh, the one we've been uh, reading from this evening, or one of the other ones. Uh, you might even consider joining our, our Alpha course. We have one starting on the 22nd of January, uh, looking at the big questions of life and Christianity's um, answers to those questions and the claims of Christianity. However you do it, I would massively encourage you, having heard, to investigate and maybe to respond yourself. Because the news the angels brought is such good news that we're still celebrating it over 2,000 years later. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas tomorrow. I'll be enjoying the winteriness of it all, uh, even though it's looking like it might be more kind of gray and, and rainy rather than particularly wintry. Uh, but I'll also be giving thanks uh, to God for his most precious gift and the great news uh, that he is to us.